plays in the Waikato. Hello oh, and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat. Tonight we will be talking about the Rugby Championship and the Pacific Nations Cup um, as well as our regular slots, looking at Mickey Mouse moments of the week and giving you a news roundup of what's going on um, around the game. And joining me to do... Oh, actually, hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving more. I should introduce myself <laughs> first. And then joining me to do all that um, is uh, Stephen. How are you doing, sir? Oh, very good. Thank you, Paul. Once again, a privilege and a pleasure. Two nights in a row. I can't believe it. I feel brilliant. <laughs> well, I imagine all the other things you could be doing with your life. Uh, and, yeah. and instead, you're wasting it online with me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, for... it is it is just the two of us this <laughs> evening, and uh, people won't know it, but we were just listening to a bit of Grover Washington uh, Jr., that great uh, singer who brought, it, brought, it, brought out that song, Just the Two of Us, You did we actually went online, so it was great. <laughs> well, the two of us and the potentially millions of people online via YouTube. So uh, if you are live, thank you very much for joining us, and do um, say hi in the um, live chat. And let's know your thoughts on everything that is going on. So, quick um, roundup of some of the news highlights. The Shoot Shield um, reaches its last round um, to, uh, this weekend. And there's uh, there's been a bit of a uh, storm in a teacup, if we're going to be honest, over in Australia, because Michael Checker forgot to look up the rules. And uh, mm. he suggested that Pocock would get some club game time um, with uh, uh, in the Shoot Shield, which is obviously the Sydney-based competition. Um, but um, the oh yes, uh, a bit of a mud bath. Well, if you saw any of the Pacific Nations Cup from the weekend, you'll understand what the topic is about, um, Christopher. That's what the title is about. Um, the uh, but um, everyone assumed he wasn't available. Was wasn't actually allowed to play in uh, uh, in the the, the Canberra um, competition because they've reached the finals. But apparently he is. So it's all a bit of a, a bit of a mess. So if you hear anything online about Pocock and Shoot Shield, please ignore it because. Um, 95% of the people saying stuff don't know what they're talking about, which um, is, is, is perfect for Twitter, isn't it, Steve? Oh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> Sorry, I was miles away. That's okay. I was looking at something else. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so it is the, I say, it is the end of the regular season, so see if you can catch that. Curry Cup is going on, um, as we'd expect, and the Haguaris 15 are ripping it up in the championship over there, winning their games by 40-odd um, points or so. Um, which is uh, uh, which is pretty good, um, and then I guess the first one that's a bit, bit of first bit of news: um, the British and Irish Lions are talking about a uh, are in talks to do a women's tour. Have you uh, seen that in the BBC? Wow, I know that that's that's really it. that really is big news. It's actually it's actually quite exciting news as well, and and once again, it takes women's rugby to another sphere, doesn't it? It does absolutely, uh, and they're talking and. I, uh, there's there's no details that have that have sort of come out as to what when or 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 how or that kind of stuff um, it might be, but uh, the the obvious place for them to go on tour is North America, um, with the uh, Canada and the USA in the top five teams in the world currently. I think it is. Um, whereas if you look at something like Australia is seventh and South Africa are even lower, something like ninth. I think it is in the world currently. So um, uh, with New Zealand being number one. Uh, that's that that would be another um, place to go but it would probably be either um, either either North America or New Zealand you think um, initially um, the uh, the other thing that what else got? oh yeah the other thing is timing because the women's rugby World Cup happens um, every alternate every two years alternately to the rugby World Cup um, and so if you look at um uh, that the uh, and Biz Rugby yes will be getting on to talking about the mud bath that was uh, Samoa versus Tonga later, um, but the um, oh I've gone totally blank as to what I was going to say. That's useless, isn't it? God, here I am trying to be a professional and all. Um, but anyway, so oh yes, so yeah, Women's Rugby World Cup happens on the same same time as the as Lions tours. If they did it two years offset from that, the women's lines um, would happen on the same time as, as the Rugby World Cup or the Men's Rugby World Cup. Uh, and you've got to say, how much um, coverage would he get if they did that? So they're going to have to look at how, it has, how it's timed. I would suggest the year after a Women's Rugby World Cup would be good um, because that means that the the nations that aren't, that, that are part of the Lions, such as the um, 
such as England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, they can be they'll be into their new cycle of four years and bringing in new players. Um, plus, whoever they're touring, uh, players who were going to retire at the end of a World Cup cycle can stick around for just one more year to take part of it. So I think that would be a good way. Personally, I think that way you live the, the minimum, minimum minimum disruption for rugby World Cups uh, and also keep keep to keep teams as strong as possible. Paul, I wonder if it'll be if they get a, a reasonable contingent of supporters that'll 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 follow the team because obviously the team will be made up of uh, all the uh, all the home nations. So I would imagine that'll bring quite a few supporters out of the woodwork. And would they be basically looking at a, a similar scenario, a, a three-test series say, against New Zealand or Australia? Or the USA? Well, I, I don't think they would do a full tour of Australia at the moment. I don't think Australia is strong enough. Um, but uh, they, they, I mean, Crystal has made a good point. They could stop and do, they could tour Australia and New Zealand. So have one game against the Wallaroos, for example, like they've done in the past when they've had two games against New Zealand and one against Australia or, um, and so forth. Lions used to do that. So you could, uh, because I suppose trying to find, you're not going to find, they don't, there aren't the same sort of five super rugby sides to mm. put in those midweek games. So, Yep, they could definitely um, sort of throw in an extra one. I would expect them to do Canada and the USA. I wouldn't expect them to do just one or the other. I, I suppose if if they toured New Zealand, they, New Zealand could probably look at look at franchise teams. Um, probably a good idea just to, to, to sort of have reasonable reasonable sides that um, front up as opposition. Well, you could do things like you could have like an, a a North Island fifteen, a South Island fifteen. Um, you could for those warm-up games, or uh, you look. Could, could could we could we have a um, uh, a Maori Black Ferns uh, yes. side, Good for point. example? Again, play play uh, the Wallaroos as well. Add in the uh, the Test matches, and suddenly you're up to seven games, which I think is probably going to be about as long as a tour would be. You'd think seven or eight games. Um, I mean, if Canterbury or Auckland had a particularly strong side that year, then perhaps you could have them separately. But I think otherwise you would have, I think you'd probably go North Island, South Island kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris was right. It would mainly be in English with, with, with a few Irish because because the English, but also, I mean, Scotland have got some full-time um, professionals now as well. So there's whilst they haven't got a full, fully professional um, squad in Scotland or Wales. There are a couple of girls there who are full, who, who are professionals who I think would make the side. So I don't think it would be exclusively uh, white and green. We, we, we shouldn't forget France is very strong at the minute. As it well. is. So that that, that would be an interesting one, yeah. Could, could the British Irish Lions actually play France or tour France? Mm. Or maybe France tours the other option of, of uh, New Zealand um, or sort of North America at the same time. Um so yeah, so that's that's, that's an interesting development. Um, Steve Maffey, do you remember that um, that fella? Steve Maffey. Yep. Steve Maffey. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Sorry, it's my pronunciation's a little bit <laughs> off. Um, but he's joined London Irish join, um, to to join Paddy uh, Paddy Jackson, Sean O'Brien, Nick Phipps, Waisaki Naholo. Um, yeah, London Irish has gone on a bit of a spending spree of uh, for for talent, haven't they? Are they are they the new promoted team? Um? Paul? That's correct. That's uh, they're the newly promoted team into the Premiership, which is going to make next year again um, very tight. Uh, you'd expect the Newcastle Falcons to come back up from the Championship, uh, and uh, yeah, teams like Worcester or someone like uh, Harlequins or someone who's having a bad season. Actually, Harlequins had a good season this time. So Leicester Tigers actually wasn't. Yeah, Leicester, I was going to say Leicester. But yeah, there's there's if if you're having an off year, you could suddenly drop down. Um, by accident, because hey, there are some quality that 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 twelfth place is getting stronger and stronger every single year. No, then, I, I recall I recall from All Black um, prop Ben Franks. I think he might have uh, had a season a season or two with uh, London Irish. And unfortunately for him, he also had a season. I think that particular s- season that he had might have been the second season they were actually relegated. Well, yes, but I think he's been. You think he? Uh, so yes, he, he's had two seasons there. Um, well, he had the first season; they got relegated. Then uh, he's played the last year in the rugby championship, um, but now he's gone to um, Northampton Saints to where his brother's going post rugby World Cup as well. Um, yep, Leicester or even Wasps could be in trouble um, looking at them next next year. So it's going to be interesting next year uh, as to how as to how that all um, pans out. Um, other signing news. Jordy Barrett, two more years, or until 2022, is that three more years? 
at um, uh, with, with the Hurricanes. Yeah, listen, very very interesting. Well, it obviously came out today, and uh, and um, I think the, the thing that really surprised me, the Blues apparently were, were right in the running, and um, obviously they may, may they may be still in the running moving forward because what I understand, he has a clause in his contract that he can basically out himself after his first year with the Hurricanes or his first renewed year with the Hurricanes. Right, okay. I wasn't sure when he was signed up until, but I, there's, there's been rumours connecting here with with, um, with the, with the um, Crusaders as well. Um, so there's been plenty of rumours going round about him, uh, but it does show he doesn't have to follow his brother. He can. He, he's his own man now. Yeah, very much, very much so. People, people shouldn't forget um, one of the older Barretts who was a uh, loose forward also played for uh, the Blues as well. Oh, just just can't remember remember the guy's name at this stage. He was a, a loose forward, I believe. So he's he, not, they're not the you know Bowden is not the first Barrett to have played for the Blues. Oh well, I didn't realise that, uh, that, that that he'd been up there. Um, yes, because there's five. There's actually five brothers, um, and yeah, one of them hasn't made it up to uh, Super Rugby level. Um, but I did see him running around in uh, the Taranaki club scene when I was down there last year. Oh yeah, Paul, I, I did hear an interview with uh, with the dad, Smiley Barrett, and uh, he pretty much said, listen, uh, I haven't really got too much of a problem with the boys maybe potentially all playing for the uh, for the Blues, but what I do have an issue with, they've got to play for Taranaki <laughs> in terms of uh, minor 10 rugby. And that's where they're all signed currently. Uh, if they don't play any my Stand Cup rugby, let's be honest. But no. <laughs> talking of that, and something that I haven't actually uh, talked about my Stand Cup rugby uh, this weekend, Sonny Bill Williams is going to turn out for Counties Manukau down in uh, against Bay of Plenty. Um, we'll talk about that probably more tomorrow night on the All Blacks edition. Um, but I'll be down there uh, this weekend. So if you're at um, Kerry Kerry, is that how you say it? Yeah, Kerry Kerry, Kerry. Yeah. There we go. Um, so I'll be down there this on Saturday. So if you're going to go be down there, then do say hello. Look out for the uh, the old bucket hat. On Friday, I'm going to pop down to um, Otrahonga to watch uh, Waikato take on Taranaki. That's actually what we've just been talking about. Um, and then on Sunday, I'll be at the Waikato Open Day uh, at um, FMG Stadium. So if you're at any of those events, then do come over and say hello. Um, I'll be uh, I have my bucket hat on. Um, funnily enough, so yeah, so out and about. Yeah, getting excited for my Sun Cup rugby. Um, if you've been watching Twitter, you'll see I've been applying for media passes left, right, and centre. Um, so uh, hopefully they all come through, so I can make all my games. Um, and then the World Rugby Rankings, that draw between uh, the All Blacks and the Springboks sees the uh, sees South Africa climb up to fourth in the table, England dropping down to fifth. So um, a little bit of change there, but that, those those top five are clear of the rest, aren't they? Uh, in that um, in that rankings, from what I believe, had the All Blacks lost that game by Wales fifteen points, by fifteen points, Wales would have. I don't know if that was ever going to happen, but um, uh, Wales would have been the uh, number one ranked team, and boy, that, that that'd be unheard of, wouldn't it? It would, because there's only been three teams ever ranked number one um, in the world. Uh, England, um, South Africa are the other two, and New Zealand obviously have had it. The uh, the vast majority of the uh, the time since they've been in place, but um, to give you an idea, in New Zealand are on ninety one point five four points, and England on uh, eighty six point two five two seven. Sorry, so about um, about a five point gap between the two of them, just over, um, and then Australia on eighty one point nine one. So about a four point, well actually a four point three gap between England and Australia, which shows you those top five. Um, that the spread across them is about the same as the gap between fifth and sixth. So those top five really are. Um, I'll, I'll do a video a video about this for my patreons, but I think those top five are all are basically five that have got some chance of winning the Rugby World Cup, and everyone else is, yeah, a bit of a long shot. Yeah, I, I think for somebody like, if you're speaking long shots, I'm probably thinking more, sort of like Argentina or, or, or France. That would really be that would really throw the cat amongst the pigeons. If, if the likes of uh, Argentina, although I'm saying that, you never know. If the, if the, if the cards fall their way with France, who knows? You, you, just, you just don't know what you're going to get. That's, uh, that's, that can be dangerous. And we all know in World Cups, they, they tend to perform. 
Um, they do, they do. It's going to be interesting. Scotland, I mean, this is one of their higher rankings going into every World Cup. Can they actually do, can they pull it out? Um, they've, been, they've been promising quite a bit recently. Uh, talking of Rugby World Cup and uh, Italy dropped below, sorry, Italy climbed above Tonga, or Tonga dropped below Italy, because Italy didn't change. But Tonga's loss to Japan means that they dropped from 13th to 14th in the world rankings. So uh, not particularly, not, 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 not a good result for them. Uh, in Samoa at the weekend. And yeah, Biz Rugby says, um, can't believe the game was allowed to go ahead between T- Samoa and Tonga. Um, if that's if this match was between two tier one nations, this would never happen. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I, when, I, when, when the story first broke, I thought to myself, well, let's cue Eliota Fui Maono Sapuru, who's the um, former Samoan international who... Um, is a lawyer these days, and um, he always has plenty to say on these sort of issues. You know, interestingly enough, we were we were having a, a, a chat off air, air about it, and um, I think we both came to the agreement that listen, I think it's up to the home, up to the home country to ensure that you've got a, a, a ground of, of quality. Now, listen, some have been hosting international matches. For a while, and to be honest, that's not the first time I've actually seen that that ground in that sort of poor condition. I can remember Scotland playing a Test match there a few years ago, and the the, the, the conditions, whilst they weren't as poor as they were on the work weekend, they weren't too dissimilar. And um, listen, if you if you sort of look at uh, a competition like the uh, the Gallagher Premiership, I, I can remember many of those games from from years ago where a lot of the, the quality of the grounds were very poor. They'd all cut up, but you could easily say bar, Bath's ground, the, the recreation grounds, that, that's probably the only ground that's probably not what you could say is, is, is truly up to to professional quality standard. And listen, at the end of the day, I, I, I just think it's up to the host to actually ensure that you've got a quality ground. It wouldn't, wouldn't take too much to, to turn it around. You're, you're looking at basically sand slitting the ground and, and building it up so it can basically um, retain retain the water pool. I think that's that's probably one of the real key things. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Would, would this have gone ahead with two Tier 1 nations? No. Would a Tier 1 nation have a pitch that would allow that to happen? No. So we'd no. Never, we would never see that for a Tier 1 nation nowadays. No. Um, I, I, we, we've had a few problems with, with, with cutting up grounds um, maybe in Australia. We've seen that occasionally. Um, and also occasionally in in in, in, in New Zealand, but to, to, to as far as waterlogged going, there's no way a tier one um, pitch would do that. So you, they they would take that amount of rain and be able to cope. Um, so it does come down to that. I think a lot of this, uh, a lot of, sort of the the anger has been a little bit misplaced when they go, "Hey, would World Rugby allow this? Well, would would tier one teams allow this?" Well, look, tier one countries, World Rugby didn't provide this pitch. This pitch was provided by Samoa. Um, at the end of the day, so um, would it happen for Tier One? No, it wouldn't. Uh, it is a matter of yeah of, of these places yeah um, moving forwards and getting better. And listen, I'll always throw this little asterisk in as well. You know, there's been a lot of talk in and around someone rugby administration um, in terms of the way the game is administered over there. Been a lot of comments about that, but I think if you're gonna if you want to host Top international teams, you've you've got to have a quality ground. In in the story, um, if you sort of look at the uh, the Fiji National Stadium, seems to be a you know it, it seems to be a pretty good stadium. I can recall being there uh, a couple of years ago and um, viewing a uh, a um, an under nineteen final at the National Stadium, and they just had a, a just a torrent of rain, one of these downpours that you get up in the island. And to be honest, the ground looked in reasonably good condition. It looked like it, it actually soaked up the, the water reason, reasonably well. And as, I think as, as long as you've got good good footing for the players, I think that's that's pretty much the main thing on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, especially was, with modern balls, because modern balls nowadays are grippy. If you, if, it's oh. not like a leather a leather skin ball that becomes a bar of soap when it gets wet. Uh, yeah, it's about can you trust your footing to do side steps? If you can't, and you're going to fall flat on your face, you're not going to try it. Um, and then, and then suddenly, the rugby becomes much more just power based. Let's be honest. Uh, and at the weekend, they, 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 that's, yeah, let's be honest. They, they couldn't trust their footing. And we still had a couple of nice moves, but um, 
but on the whole, yeah, hard work. There. Oh, oh, listen, some good skill though. There was, mm. um, I think, the last last try that was uh, was scored by uh, Samoa. Boy, there was a, a great offload in there in those conditions, you know. So there was in between all the all the mud and the poor ground conditions. There was there was some good footy. Both teams, to give them a bit of credit, attempted to at least still move the ball around. Yeah, finished twenty five seventeen to Samoa. I'm not really sure how much we can take out of that and read into the other games going forwards, um, but that's yeah, that's how that one finished. And it saw Tonga, as we say, drop down one place in the world rankings. Um, the other games that happened: Japan versus Fiji, um, and Japan basically was it. I think it was twenty seven ten at half time or twenty seven fourteen. Sorry, at half time, uh, and basically yeah, it'd been wrapped up by then. Japan really uh, using their line out and their set piece. Uh, against uh, against Fiji, and you can probably see why Australia have gone for a big pack this year. Oh, very much so. Um, uh, tough for Fiji. They've you know they've they've had that two two test series against the the Maori, and and you know a little bit a little bit more travel involved. And we all but and this Japanese team would be pretty fresh if you can imagine <laughs> the time that uh, Jamie Joseph has had this team in in training camp. It seems like forever, Paul. So. <laughs> Yeah, so you, those guys are probably just jumping out of their skin to play some code. Yeah, I, I put my predictions out for round two on the uh, drivingmore.com earlier today. And one of the points I made in that is that, yes, Jamie Joseph has been very clear that this year that everything for Japanese rugby is about the Rugby World Cup. Ooh. Super Rugby did not matter at all. It's all about this. And, uh, yeah, it looks like he's he's got them um, ticking for the big show uh, and looking good. So that was a good performance by them. The USA, 47-19 uh, for Canada. Uh, yeah, comfortable win for the USA. Well done, yeah. beating Canada. Yeah, Paul, yeah, Paul I, I actually um, I, I watched um, quite, a, quite a bit of that game. And um, listen, the USA weren't at full strength either. But they still, one of the key areas where they dominated was uh, was up front. Their, their, their scrum was really, really impressive. Um, for Canada... Uh, Tyler Arjon was playing number eight, and he, but he was he was sort of like a bit of a lone ranger, if you know what I mean. Himself, you saw a little bit of Olmstead there as well, which a lot of two players and a lot of New Zealanders would know. Olmstead having played minor ten for Auckland last year, and of course Tyler Arjon being part of the Chiefs setup for a few seasons. Now they they showed their class, but boy, credit to uh, the USA. There was a you know they they moved the ball around. Uh, quite a bit, and they were they were able to sort of manipulate space and and find find good holes. But uh, look, they look they look a well coached side. Now, absolutely, and some of the points I've read in the papers is that they're talking about major league rugby being a real benefit for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, two seasons of being fully fully professional and things like your when you've had more time to practice your skills, you had a lot more time to get your fitness right. Uh, now, I think about half the side were major league rugby players. So yeah, yeah, the whole fitness they, they can play the full eighty. Canada uh, with the arrows in their first season at uh, and only having one team in Major League Rugby are definitely at a disadvantage. Um, and the yeah the, the administration in Canada is going through a tough time at the moment. Uh, yeah, they've done, and it's yeah it's it's going to be tougher than the Rugby World Cup. Uh, yeah, let's the, be honest. The point was made during the commentary that uh, the uh, team USA had been in pretty much training camp for about three weeks where. The Canadian boys had, had been together barely a week, and it, it really showed. Yep. Those two teams fly over to Fiji, where there'll be a double header next, uh, this weekend. Samoa versus the USA opens opens the day, followed by um, Fiji versus Canada. Uh, so yeah, so if you're in Suva, get down for those two games. Say back to back at the same stadium. Uh, Tonga then travel over to Japan uh, to play Japan, uh, and. I think it's going to be pretty pretty simple that uh, if you look at those three games, uh, that uh, yeah the USA against Samoa, they say a well-drilled outfit, been together for a while. That's going to be a tough old game for Samoa. Mm-hmm. Canada, as we've just said, not in a good place. Fiji looking to bounce back from that Japan one, so I think we'll probably see a better a, a, a home win there. And then Japan, we just said well-drilled outfit. Tonga's going to have a long old day. Of it, I think up in up in Japan. Listen, Paul, th- fant- it's really fantastic for these um, Pacific Nations Cup teams to actually go into a World Cup with some games mm. under their belt. And you know, good 
good competition, good good quality. So they'll be they'll be hardened as well. It's 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 great to see. Yeah, no, it's good to see. Uh, but I think I think a lot of us got on the Fiji um, uh, bandwagon. Um, and and probably a bit disappointed now that they lost to Japan because uh, we we were looking at them um, turning over Australia uh, at the Rugby World Cup. I think my uh, expectations have been uh, become a bit more realistic now for that game. Perhaps I was getting a little bit too uh, a little bit too much on the bandwagon there um, as well. Um, so Mickey Mouse moments of the weekend. Clearly, the rain and the mud bath in, um, not Suva, sorry, because it was in, uh, that's Fiji, wrong country, um, in Samoa. Apia. Apia, that's Apia. it. Thank you. Um, has got to be the one of them. Uh, any other, any Mickey Mouse moments for you this weekend? Oh, God. I, I, listen, both, both those games were, both the test matches were, were we, we got to view on Saturday evening were, were, were quite, Tight contests, but I don't know if there were too too much in the way. As they were so, they were both so intense. I don't think there was too many Mickey Mouse moments um, from from those games. I'm just trying to think at the moment. There's uh, probably nothing, nothing, nothing really uh, comes comes to mind at this stage, uh, Paul. But uh, I think probably those conditions in uh, at Apia Park probably, yeah, it, it looked like a throwback to the 60s and 70s, didn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, totally. Um, the, uh, the the only I mean, the other thing, uh, the Mickey Mouse thing would be uh, there was a tweet that went out saying showing a clip of rugby uh, from the uh, Wallabies Pumas game saying this this series of play had it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it did have it all. It had um, three turnovers, about four or five drop balls. Uh, yeah, very little rugby skill. <laughs> nice um, and that, that, oh. That was, only, that was Mickey one, Mouse. There's only one problem. They, that wasn't a moment. There were moments. There were moments, yes, sorry. <laughs> Mickey Mouse moments. <laughs> oh, Batman says mine was South Africa's last try was a bit of Mickey. Well, no, they, 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 uh, um, that was, it was definitely, yeah, yeah Aaron Smith got some, uh, got, yeah, he had, had his back pocket um, burgled by Herschel Yanchis um, in that one. Well, the other Mickey Mouse moment, a little bit of talk around about um, Bowden Barrett poaching a few metres. There may be some parts in the world uh, you, you could probably identify that as a bit of taking the Mickey. <laughs> um, but probably in South Africa, I don't, I don't think they were very impressed with it at all. No, there, there has definitely been a, 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 yeah, a bit of bandwagoning on the on on the old Twitter and probably on Facebook as well um, about him rolling that of, of, of uh, just just kicking that ball forward a few meters. Um, oh. Now, if you ever see a player um, uh, kicking a ball behind the mark, it's an absolute miracle. Um, they always step over the mark and take yeah. about one or two more steps before they kick it. Um, every single player will roll the ball forward um, as he puts it down when uh, when when pointing at the posts. Did he go a little bit far with this one? Yes, probably. This this was a bit bit more extreme than than we normally see it. But hey, every single player does it to a greater or lesser degree. It's a bit, bit, of, bit of gamesmanship, isn't it? You know, they're just just trying it on, and if you can get away with it, you can get away with it. Um, unfortunately, he pulled the wool over the uh, officials' eyes and, and got away with it. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Did. Yeah. And so they get they get away get away with it every every game. Um, it's just a matter of how far they get away with it. To be honest, um, that is uh, that, that's that's very true. Um, the uh, it's, it's uh, a couple of comments uh, in in the chat. Um, we've sorry, um, Thomas. Great to see you online. We've already talked about the the, the mud bath. Um, uh, James Slater uh, saying that uh, he can see the South Af- see the the Argentinians being knackered come the Rugby World Cup. They uh, they looked a bit tired or out on their feet against the Wallabies, yeah. and look, this is a problem with them only having one professional team. Uh, sure, they had four players in the starting uh, starting lineup. Yeah, in the starting lineup, uh, who played in Europe um, for the Pumas. So it's not it's not just the Haguaris all over again. It is that they it is Haguaris plus friends, but it is just still plus friends rather than Haguaris being one of a team. And yes, they're going to have to rotate and rest their players between now and, now and the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, you know, it could almost explain the the number of errors that they were making because it was quite a 
at times I found it, found it a bit of a listless performance and, and they just weren't too sure what they were all about. They had opportunities, some really good opportunities. I can recall one really good break and if they'd, they'd finished it off and it was really only one pass away from being a, a very, very good good try. But listen, in the, in the main, they just they just couldn't get going, could they? They couldn't. They, they were having trouble at scrum time. They were having trouble at, at line-out time, probably missing... Uh, the leadership of Augustine uh, Creevy. Um yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, yes, definitely. Leave, miss, he, he was missing. He was injured um, this weekend. Uh, which, and when you see that the guy who came off the bench, I think it was his debut, um, and you're saying like, "Wow, okay, that's the depth that Argentina rugby has." Um, is that their third choice hooker at the moment is a day is 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 a rookie has he has never played in South rugby before, um, and that has got to be a little bit of, a little bit of a concern for them. Um, come, uh, come, come, come to, to to this. Uh, we will. Uh, so, so that that's that's got to be a problem for them as far as being able to rotate and rest players. Uh, that that kind of thing. Um, what we've seen these past two weeks, I think, and also against the All Blacks, they had lots of possession against the All Blacks in territory, but didn't they couldn't find that cutting edge to score the try. Similar, um, potentially similar sort of thing in the Super Rugby final as well against the Crusaders. They just couldn't finish some of the opportunities they've, they've got. And that's becoming a worrying trend over these last three games is they've had opportunities, but they've just not been able to finish um, and, and and put the points on the board. And at the end of the day, all the stats you like, you can read off, but the one that matters is the one on the scoreboard. It's it, it, it's interesting. You, you mentioned uh, Australia before going for a, for a lot of size, and that is a really big back row that they're, they're fielding at, at the minute, you know, they've got, um, um, oh God, just it got out of my head, the number six, that's normally a, a lock that plays for them. Naisamanu is, uh, was number eight in, um, in Pocock, uh, sorry, yeah, Hooper, Hooper. Oh, seven. in the, in, in the seven, seven jersey. So that's a good battery of, of, of line-out jumpers that they've actually got. Um, on saying that, they, uh, they caught the same issue that uh, the Pumas were having just not holding ball in the second oh. half, and it, it didn't. It didn't make for a great half of footy. No, it didn't. No, not 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 at all. Um, the uh, moving on to the other game. Um, we I mean we just to the game in, in in detail last night. So if you want to have a roundup of both these two games in detail, then uh, Stephen and I had a half hour chat last night, so you can go back and check that out. So um, there'll be championship twenty nineteen round two review. If you like that into YouTube search, you can find it, or it'll be available on the Driving More podcast as well. So you can get it from both those places. Um, yeah, a draw for these two sides. The um, and you've heading towards the Rugby World Cup. Let's see now. It's uh, they've had uh, two losses in uh, 2016, two in 2017, two in 2018. I think it is, uh, or is it one in 20? Sorry, one in. No, they had like five losses. Um, that's about two or three more than they have. They normally have, or they had in the previous four years. Are you starting to get a little bit worried that the gap has, uh, the gap's closed somewhat? Um, you know, I think, I think what we, I think what we saw a few seasons, a few seasons back was, um, I, I think they outskilling everybody. Um, they just, I don't know if they were that much better than everybody, but they were nailing all their opportunities, and usually with a, with a lot of skill. I think what what a lot of uh, what a lot of coaches have basically done is, is is looked at the style in which the All Blacks play, and and thought to themselves, man, how can we, how can we actually shut down what they're so good at? And um, a lot of the teams using a, a lot of line speed. Hence, hence the um, the All Black coaches have gone for the double double playmakers. I can totally understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to break up break up line speed by confusing line speed, having having. Uh, Two pivots uh, parked on on either side, Paul. Um, but unfortunately, at the moment, the thing that's letting them down is actually their skills, just basic handling and passing. Yeah, one of the things we'll talk about tomorrow night in the All Black session is I have gone back and I've looked at the five losses from the last, since the Rugby World Cup last year. So that's um, Ireland in Chicago, the Wallabies in um, in Brisbane. Uh, Ireland in Dublin. Uh, sorry, the sorry first before that, the British and Irish Lions in Wellington, Ireland in Dublin, uh, and also um, South Africa, the Springboks in Wellington last year. So I've gone through those five. I've picked up some stats, um, and that will be one of our key discussion points on the All Blacks edition tomorrow night. So um, so join us for that, and you can see 
what I think is the where, where I think they've uh, the All Blacks have fallen down, uh, and and we'll, and we'll go through that. But Batman's asked us, how would um, you react if the All Blacks lose to Australia in a few weeks? <clears throat> apart from <laughs> apart from having apart from sort of passing out in shock. Um, and needing some some smelling salts to wake you up after that performance by the Wallabies, um, uh, I think I'd be pretty concerned if they lost the, lost lost to a Wallabies side that made that many mistakes the weekend. Uh, Houston, we have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be it it it'd be concerning simply because um, we 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 were looking for a level of improvement on on Saturday, admittedly. A lot of changes, so you're changing up all your combinations. But they should be. I think Steve Henson has made it pretty clear that the uh, Bledisloe Cup is important to this team. They they want to hold on onto it. They want to retain it. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what. It's 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 a confidence thing. You know, Rusty Rusman Rusmus has spoken about the confidence that they've gleaned from that win last year. And you look, they got to take a lot a lot of confidence as well that they also picked up. A draw on the weekend as well. They came back from literally looking down and out to get a try right at right at the death and and and, and share the spoils. So there's a lot a lot of confidence. On the other side of it, all of a sudden when your game plans aren't aren't working, passes aren't sticking, and uh, you, you're throwing you're throwing a loss. Gee whiz, um, yeah, the confidence the confidence. Uh, it's it's a hard thing to get back up again. I can't believe we're actually talking about the All Blacks. We are preempting it if they lose. I'm I'm expecting a bounce back. Yeah, I'm expecting a bounce back. I mean, a couple of things. So yes, uh, and a bit a bit in the same way like Jamie Joseph basically wrote off the uh, the, the Super Rugby for the uh, for the Sunwolves. Uh, Steve Hansen has said these first two games about giving everybody a game, and that's pretty much what he's done. I mean, we've had what I think it was Retallick, Bowden Barrett, and Ben Smith were the three three players at the start of the previous weekend. Now, to be fair, the Springboks said the exact same thing um, with um, Ebenezer Beth, uh, Peter Stefter Toy, and I've gone blank as to who the third player person was, but only three players again started both weekends. So both sides have shown their depth um, and given everyone a, given everyone a run out, which is great for them. Which clearly the Haguaras and the Wallabies haven't been able to do, which gives you a different idea as the the different level um, between um, those two. Um, I- I gotta say, I gotta say, Paul, isn't it really incredible where South Africa a- have come from? When we were sort of only a couple of years ago, we can all remember the the absolute uh, pasting they got up at North Harbour Stadium. What was it, 57, 57 zip or something? It was ridiculous. like forty four points or forty seven point win. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a big yeah. one. Yes, it, it, it was a it was a big win, and we we were all thinking with the number of players they were they were losing offshore with the quota system. We thought, man, can they can they actually recover? Well, they've just shown it. Yep, they can. And and when you consider they've lost a lot of players that are that are still all playing in Europe. The, the great thing about it, I think they now have a have a batch of players, or they just have some a, a, a dearth of players that can can step into that uh, that green and gold jersey. Yes, and I think um, there's been a couple of parts of that. Um, we will. Um, Batman seems to think it was um, fifty-eight nil, but either way, yeah, it was an absolute pasting. But the um, it's interesting what they've gone and said now. Uh, so a couple of things. So something that uh, the Springboks uh, and Pumas have done in the past is they've had agreements with clubs in Europe to say, hey, we'll play them during the rugby championship, but we won't play them in November or vice versa and all that kind of stuff. Now both Razzie Rasmussen and Argent and the Pumas have come out publicly and said, right, post rugby World Cup, no more agreements. When we can have our players, we're having them. Um, none of this kind of stuff of, of giving them back and all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be interesting. So that's, that's been one one change that South Africa brought in. Secondly is uh, they've, um, and of course this is perhaps just now rather than what's led to where they are now, but is they've changed the budgets for the team. So the Cheetahs, um, Kings will have the same salary cap as the as the four Super Rugby franchises, and then the Grickass and the Pumas, who are the other two in the uh, Curry Cup Premiership, will have a lower um, uh, salary cap because they only have to com- they only have to com- compete in that one competition. Um, so that's also changing things um, as, as well as the spread of talent, 
um, when that talent's playing. Uh, but we are going to see more, more, more talent go overseas. But the warning for those clubs is they're going to lose those players as much as the Springboks can take them. It's, it's interesting, Paul, one, one other area where I think they're really good at the moment. I think they're really good in the halves at this stage. You've got some real quality in, in, in Faf de Klerk and uh, Andre Pollard, two, two world-class halves that can, can direct this uh, ship around. And at the back, they've got a really good, experienced campaigner in, in Willie LaRue, who's a, who's a, who, let's face it, he's a, he's a world-class fullback. If you, you think about the fullbacks that are that are currently running around in, in the game at the moment, yet you could probably arguably say with Israel Folau no longer in the picture, is Ben Smith still the number one fullback in the world? I'm not I'm not I'm not so I'm not so sure. You sort of look around. Willie Larue, man, he's 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 been tidy for a couple of seasons. Buffelli's um, um, pretty sharp as well. He's uh, coming back from injury. Uh, you got Stuart Hogg from yep. um, from Scotland, also another class act as as, as well. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a few out there. Uh, and then you now, and, and and then you then you look into their, uh, um, you look you look at you look they got a good battery of of, of locks as well. Ipswich, Steph the Toy, um, they've got RJ uh, Snayman and um, the uh, what well, the, the, the 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 human it, wrecking ball who could kind of go yeah. around injuring players. And then and then you got the other you got the you got you got the um, the guy I call the uh, the man kid um, Luke Delaga. Luke Delaga. <laughs> yeah, looks yeah, like yes. a kid, you know. He's, <laughs> he's monstrous. So you got you got four big quality uh, quality quality locks there, and I, I think they're a different team too with Dwayne Van Mullen uh, back back at number eight. And uh, yep, gee man, somebody's going to be unlucky in that squad because I don't know how many locks they're, they're picking. But you've also got Mostard, uh, Franco Mostard as well, who's um, who, who pretty much holds his own. He's probably the smallest out of all the locks that they've got. But uh, he's the sort of guy you could probably f- fit into six. And uh, I think finally the pennies dropped. They've got a, They've actually got a natural feature at, at the minute in Quagga Smith. In Quagga Smith or, or, Fran- or um, Francois Lowe. Um, yeah, you've got two guys who, yeah, who are happy to do that kind of role. Um, the... Uh, by the way, my little comment about Steinman there was no, he was he was perfectly legal in what he did. Don't worry, he just that was just the, just the, the size and power of him. Um, yeah. So the uh, yeah, yeah no they 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 have got depth. Um, we used to think that uh, England sort of with um, uh, George Cruis, um, Curtly Laws, uh, um, gone blank, Launchbury, and oh the other guy from Saracens. Um, uh, Itoji. Mari Itoji. Yeah. Yeah. So with those four, it's like, hey, you, uh, the England have got the have got, got four world class locks. They've got the mo- the greatest depth at lock um, in the world because mm-hmm. New Zealand's got three, and then we're kind of wondering who the th- who the fourth is. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, now South Africa, you just named five world class locks off um, with, without even having to look around. So yeah, they they have got some real strength in depth um, in some in some really good positions uh, that. Um, and people, as you say, are going to miss out. I mean, I'm expecting all those guys to be named as well, and they're, and they're pretty swat, they're solid in the front row as well. You know, Chris, Christoph, um, Stephen Christoph looks a, a really good, solid, solid footballer. Mal- Malcolm Marks in, in the front row, a little bit of question mark over his uh, line out throwing, but boy, you know what he can do at the, the you know what he can basically do. There's some good times for the Springboks at the moment, and I, I, I for one, I, I think it, I think it's great to see. I really, I really do. They, they were uh, the, the traditional old foe for for All Black supporters, and it's great to see them uh, back being really, really competitive. Hopefully, not in not in the, the in the first game of the World Cup. Hopefully, not. <laughs> yeah, and we need competitive sides at the end of the day, and that's that's uh, oh. to make to keep, to keep rugby being interesting. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, I'm just going to go back to one of uh, take us back to the All Blacks. One of um, Batman's comments. He reckons the All Blacks need Tom Robertson at six. Um, and uh, get Nono in for Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, now, Tom Robertson may be in the future, but uh, yeah. we, we are talking. Yeah, he, he is not ready yet. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't throw him in uh, this close to a World Cup, would you? Yeah, I, I think Batman. If you're listening, he's um, he's a player with. A, I know quite a bit about him. He's a player with a with a heck of a lot of potential. Unfortunately, he's he's actually the other the other little anomaly. He's actually injured. At the moment, he's not scheduled to be back. I think maybe he's scheduled back about halfway through, might attend Cup season. 
but yeah, he's still got a bit to learn, and there were sort of examples of that during the season. Well, love the guy's energy. Jeez, he's just so full of energy, but what he needs to get into his game is accuracy, and we saw that a, a couple of times during the season where he was skint down the blind side. Mm-hmm. He was virtually basically stuck on the scrum when the uh, when the blind side winger was running past him, sort of thing. So, you know, it's so, and he'll get better. He's not He's not totally experienced at a six. I think that was his first full season as a, as in the number six jersey. Even in terms of when he was running out for Northland, he was he was moving in between uh, lock lock and six. Um, just on um, Manonu, gee, was I? I don't know. You know, listen, if they don't take Sonny Bill Williams, it'll probably be Nani Lamapi mm. who'll be going. At, yeah. at, at at the minute, it, it suggests to me. You suggest. Um, uh, Sonny Bill obviously playing in a preseason game this Friday, Paul. Yeah, Sonny Bill this, uh, this Saturday in, for, uh, for, for County's Manukau. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that basically says to me, the fact that the All Blacks have sent him away to play more rugby, that they're concerned that he's not quite up, quite up to standard and they want to see him play a little bit more rugby. They'll probably see how it eventuates with the uh, this test against Australia and then that there might be the last opportunity to to pull him on. I, I actually think he's on notice. Well, I just saw, I saw something today suggesting that uh, he was going to be playing for the county's home game the following weekend. So um, there is, yeah, maybe he's going to miss the first Bledisloe Cup game. Uh, maybe he's, maybe he's going to be playing a couple of games for for, for counties, which will be interesting. Um, well, the we, but obviously Paul, we, we're expecting Paul, Crossy gonna, to come. Sorry, Paul. I was going to say if we turn it the other way. Maybe they've basically said, oh, yeah, we've seen enough, but what we want you to do is go away and play some more rugby. You're in the team. That's the other. Yep. Oh, I think he's in the team. I think, I think what we saw at the weekend um, we, with his pass that, uh, that put Barrett um, into, in, into space, uh, and that's not what we consider his... That's, if you say, what is Sonny Bill Williams' game? Um, it's, to get, it's to run it up, take contact, get his arms free and offload it. We didn't see a lot of that at the weekend. No, true. But what we did see was him still happy to carry um, and present the ball good, well, uh, and also that long pass or, or decent length pass uh, to put Barrett in space. His game has changed. Um, so people who go, but he's not doing what he did at the last Rugby World Cup. No, he's not. The other point we also you also made last night, and I can't remember if it was, if it was on the show or if it was off air, because, um, folks, we talk a lot like this off air. Um, perhaps not as well, not as structured. Um, was he's played something like thirty odd games since the last Rugby World Cup? Mm. That's how much a player in Europe will play in one season. He's played one season in the past three and a half years. He needs yeah. game time. Yeah. Now Nonu has a decent highlight reel from the Super Rugby. Not great, but a decent one. What that doesn't show you is all the stuff he didn't do and all the time he was caught out defensively. Uh, and yeah. He wasn't. He was again. He wasn't the Nonu from four years ago either. Um, for the Blues, let's be honest. So yeah, and 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 don't be surprised if he's, he's signed off. Saw I see the Wellington Mitre Ten Cup team was uh, announced a few days back, and he wasn't part of that squad, which pretty much suggests to me that uh, he's probably heading offshore. He is. Um, talking of sort of uh, ex All Blacks. Uh, and this sort of stuff. Apparently, there's going to be an ex-All Black running around in the Heartland Championship. Um, so that was the rumour I heard on the uh, uh, on the sideline last weekend uh, at some uh, at some club rugby that I got to. So um, from uh, some members of the Heartland Championship committee, in fact, well, um, and also uh, other people involved in, uh, in kind of recruitment of players. So they didn't have a name. But there's definitely there's a rumor going around that yes we're going to have an ex All Black in the Heartland Championship this year. So uh, keep your eyes out, ears and ears out for that. That'll, that'll probably get announced in the next week or so. Well, I, I can name one that's in the Heartland Championship. He's going to be playing for East Coast, or is that that a scoop? No, go for it. Zach Gilford. Oh, he's signed for East Coast, is he? He's, he's signed for East Coast. Oh, okay, that'll be there interesting. You there you go. go. That, okay, so that's who it is then. Uh, Zach Gilford is signed for East, East Coast then. Um, so that is Gisborne Way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, north of Gisborne. North of Gisborne. Okay. This is just my granddaughter. Good night, darling. 
<laughs> so yes, so basically, so, so for those of you who um, are not in New Zealand, about halfway down the right-hand side of the uh, North Island, um, which is good because that means he can, because he lives, he lives and plays his club rugby in Hamilton. Um, so he should be able to live most of his time up here in Hamilton where he's got a good family network around him because that's most he's had his issues be um, before and he needs his network around him to, to keep him on the straight and narrow, I think. Cool. So there you go, folks. That's who it is. Um, I did see I did see him run out for Fraser Tech, actually, um, for in the uh, uh, in the last regular season game of club rugby here. Uh, and yeah, he was capturing the side, which is good to see. Uh, and yeah, good to see him on the pitch. Um, any other final things before we clock off? I think we've gone, we've run through most stuff. No, no, I think we've pretty much uh, hit it on the head. Um, like I say, no, uh, well, no international rugby championship until uh, was until what is it? Another 10, 10 or eleven days or so, I think it is. So yes, yeah, so um, the, yeah, the rugby championship takes a weekend off, but the Pacific Nations Cup doesn't. Um, so keep your eyes out for those games. Yes, as I said, Samoa, USA, uh, Fiji, Canada, um, and Japan, Tonga. And um, a lot of, lot of obviously, still another, probably another week of uh, preseason uh, footy when it comes to Mighty Team Cup. If you're in the, uh, if you're in the uh, Mahurangi area or the Walkworth area, Northland taking on North Harbour at 12:30 p.m. on Thursday. So, uh, are you making that? Are you making it to that game? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's, uh, there's a bit of Mighty Team Cup rugby to come, so I'll, I'll wait until they start playing the real stuff. The, um, well, yeah, I say, as I said, I'll be at Oakshonga on Friday for a 1pm kickoff between uh, Waikato and Taranaki. Um, and then I'll be at Kirikiri or, um, or, uh, or Karikari or however you say it uh, on Saturday for uh, Bay of Plenty versus County Manukau. And then on Sunday, I will be at um, FMG Stadium here in Hamilton for the Waikato Open Day. So if you're at any of those events, come and say and hello. Um, I'll have this hat on because my other hat's away, um, been lent to somebody for something that's um, super secret, uh, i.e. I'm having a logo made, so look out for some merch coming out soon, T-shirts and hoodies. Thank you, Roach Stephen, for joining me. I'll be, um, I'll be back tomorrow night with Michael and Ashwin for the All Blacks edition, where we'll have an hour of just talking All Blacks. Some of the stuff on the radar for that one, we'll be talking about that two-playmaker Moanga um, Barrett situation. Um, we'll be talking about have the All Blacks lost the Rugby World Cup already now that Retallick's injured, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff like that um, as well. So join myself, and Michael and Ashwin tomorrow night. Bye. Fantastic, sir.